Hello, StorySide family and online friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. I love this time of year, the Christmas season, and we are going to be celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ throughout this month. Thank God for Jesus. Speaking of Christmas, maybe some of you would tell me today, Pastor Micah, I love Christmas trees. Someone just the other day was telling me that they have 13 trees, Christmas trees, at their house. Maybe for others, when it comes to the design and the decor of Christmas, you would tell me, Micah, I love Christmas lights. That's one of our family favorites. We love to go and look at Christmas lights. My sister and others will tell me stories, memories they make about the elf on the shelf. Uh, They love to uh, utilize the elf with their children and make memories with that elf on the shelf. Speaking of elves, I heard the joke, what would you call an elf? What would you call an elf who won the lottery? Wealthy. (laughs) That's, That's not funny wealthy. Um, But as you celebrate the month of December, I hope you have an amazing Christmas season, even in the midst of 2020, that you will experience the joy of the Lord, that you will experience the peace that came through Christmas. Uh, Speaking of Christmas, maybe others would tell me, Pastor Micah, I love gift giving. I, I love to buy presents for people. I, uh, it's, you know, a couple weeks out from Christmas, maybe some of you already have your shopping done, maybe others you shop last minute. Uh, it's, it's Christmas season and people are buying gifts and my wife, Angel, uh, she has been leaving jewelry catalogs all over our house. There are jewelry, orders, magazines, catalogs all over our home. And so I have taken the hint, I have taken the hint from my wife, Angel, and I am purchasing her a magazine rack. Uh, that's, that's not funny. But I hope you guys have an amazing Christmas season. I want to talk to you today as we wrap up our series, There Is More. This is the finale. I want to talk to you today about four letters in the Bible, four letters that were written to four churches. And I want to extract a message that was given to each church uh, in these letters. So the first letter I want to look at today is a letter that was written to Christians at Colossae, which was in Asia Minor. The second letter I want to focus on is a letter that was written to Christians at Corinth. The third is a letter that was written to Christians at Philippi, which was in Greece. And then the fourth and final letter that I want us to take a look at today is a letter that was written to Christians at Thessalonica, which uh, was in North Greece. And so I, I believe as we're talking about more today, that God's Spirit, God's Word is going to challenge us as we look at these four letters. This first letter is found in Colossians chapter number three. Verse 8, 9, and 10, Colossians chapter 3 says, But now you must stop doing 
such things. He's challenging them that there's some things in their life that's hurting them, that's harming them, and he's telling them, you need to stop doing that. He says, you must quit being angry. He said, you must quit being hateful. You need to quit or stop evil. He goes on to tell them in verse number eight, you must no longer say insulting or cruel things about others. Verse nine, stop lying to each other. You have given up your old way of life with its habits. Verse 10, each of you, I love this, each of you is now a new person. You are becoming, we've been talking about more, look at these words, you are becoming more and more. Can we say that together? More and more. Can we say it one more time? More and more. Look what he says. You are becoming more and more like your creator and you will understand him better. As we look at these four letters today in this first letter to the church in Colossae, you will see that uh, the writer is telling them that there's some things that they need to stop, to quit, to no longer do that. There's some things that that they should give up in this relationship that they are having with God, that there's some things that need to be taken away from their lives. And he is going to celebrate the change and the newness that is taking place with these individuals. And he tells them, you are becoming more and more like your creator. The first word that I would like us to take from these letters that we are going to look at today, the first word that I would like us to look at is the word change. Change. This element that when you and I come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, there is change. The Bible would say, old things pass away. And all things become new because there is, when you, when you come into contact and into relationship with Christ, there is change. I want to share with you a few stories today of individuals that consider story side their church home, their church family. The first is Scott Hudnall. Scott attends our Ontario location. And Scott shared with me, I got out of the military in 2000. God had called me to serve him, but I wanted to pursue wealth. Scott said, Pastor Micah, I tried to run from God. I had bought a furniture business in Louisiana. In 2007, I was arrested and put in St. Bernard Parish Prison for 19 counts of felony theft. While I was incarcerated, God began to send me broken men in need of God's healing. We began Sunday morning services, daily devotions, evening prayer times. Scott said, I saw many lives touched by the Holy Spirit. I personally recommitted my life to God and to his work. They began to reference me as the preacher man. Eight and a half months later, all of my charges were completely dropped and I was released. 
I was given a new heart and a fresh start myself. Fast forward to 2020. I now serve God in everything that I do. My wife and I have gained everything back that I lost plus so much more. Scott said we run a rescue for fur and feathered babies as well as overseeing a group of young men who have completed their treatment from drugs and alcohol. My life is God's and I will live my life for him. It is amazing whether it is a prison or whether or not it's in these moments of running from God. It is amazing when we surrender to him the change, we're talking about change, the change that takes place in our lives. Another story that was shared with me was from Sonia Perron. And Sonia shared with me, my son Ricky Matthew was 10 months old when he passed. A living nightmare that I couldn't wake up from. I was constantly in fear of one of my daughters also being taken from me. I became helicopter mom, my girls told me. It's a pain, Pastor Micah, that you can actually physically feel. Some days less painful than others, but it never really goes away. Some days it feels like it was just yesterday and others feel like it's been eternity. Whenever I see a redheaded boy with blue eyes, my heart stops. Sonia went on to tell me that her family breakup brought so much more pain. If we were to fast forward in Sonia's life, she shared with me, I have grown in my trust of God's plan. I believe I will see my son again. I have a loving husband and the love of my children and family. I've learned to lean on scriptures, John 3.16, Matthew 5.14, give me hope. I've had many signs along the way that God and my son are with me and keeping me on the right path. One day, she shared with me that one day, I was in the parking lot at church crying about my son, Ricky. In that moment, she said that she shared with me the information, the details that sunflowers are her favorite. They symbolize God's love and light shining on the earth. And she said that sunflowers reminds her of her son, she said, I'm in the parking lot, I'm weeping, I'm sobbing, I'm crying, I'm too emotional to go in the church. And Sonia shared with me that randomly, someone came up to her in the parking lot and gave her some sunflowers. Sonia said, it's God moments like this that keep her trusting and believing in eternal life and that she will see her son again. The reality is that Sonia could be a statistic. Sonia could be someone that looks at painful situations and scenarios, looks at the loss of life, and gets bitter or offended or gives up on God. But there's something powerful about the presence of God. There's something powerful about the grace and mercy of God. As we look at this word change and the difference that Jesus makes in our lives, can you imagine, can you imagine what your life would look like without Jesus? 
Another story that was shared with me recently was Joe and Courtney Goon. In their words, pre-Jesus, pre-Christ, pre-this relationship with God. In their words, they said we had hurt, infidelity, medications, fighting, empty, lonely, worthless, ashamed. That's their words, pre-coming into contact with Christ. Fast forward to now, complete, med-free, loved, trusting, happy, their families together. Thank God for Jesus. Another story I wanted to share with you today was the story of Nick Durchick. Nick told me I had a kid at the age of 20, and I was hell on wheels. He said, I lived in my parents' basement on and off for several years. I made horrible decisions early in life, which put me in bad situations. Nick said, my credit was so bad that it barely even registered. I couldn't afford my car payment or anything for that matter. When my son Caden was really young, I got hand-me-down toys from my buddy and I would wrap up these hand-me-down toys to give to Caden so that he would have something to open for Christmas. Nick said if we were to fast forward in his life, he got a business degree, worked as a golf pro, uh, then went on to, to work in sales positions. Later on, he started Market Brothers, which is a distribution company. Now, I had the, the honor of officiating their wedding a few years ago, but now Nick is married, has an amazing family, has a 300-acre farm in Michigan where he grows and ships onions to retailers nationwide. In May, the company will be seven years old. What an amazing story, not only of his family and business, but most importantly, that Nick has grown in his faith and says, I'm trusting God with my future, and the Durchick family is blessed. And I feel the Holy Spirit even just reading these stories today. Thank God for Jesus. As we're celebrating Christmas and this birth in a manger of this God in flesh, thank God that Jesus Christ has the ability to step into the lives of these individuals and bring hope where it seems so hopeless and helpless. Thank God for Jesus. Julie Hinkland shared with me that 26 years ago, she's trapped in an abusive relationship with no hope. Notice that, no hope of escape. She said, now I have a great job. I serve part-time on StorySide staff. I have a beautiful family. And God has taught me that he always provides a way of escape. Mario Jester said three years ago, I was in the darkest place in my life. Lost of my marriage, lost my concept of reality. I was depressed and suicidal. God has used my pain as a testimony and has literally saved my life. God has shown me a new light, and he has literally been by me every step of the way. Mario, we're celebrating with you today. We're celebrating what God has done. We're celebrating, we're, we're talking about the word 
change, change, change. Not only was this a letter written to a church several thousand years ago, but I believe as we take the principle of this passage and apply it to our story side family, thank God for change. Thank God that when your presence, your grace, your truth, your mercy enters into the equation of our lives, things and people and mentalities and minds can turn around. Another story that I wanted to share with you today was the story of Terry Sayers. She said, I was empty. I was quick to anger. I was ungrateful in some areas of my life. I, I, I struggled found it hard to take accountability for my actions, depressed and unwilling to compromise. She said, now, thank God. That was then, this is now. She said, now I feel fulfilled. I look at every situation openly and from another's perspective, I'm slow to anger if at all now. She said, I'm extremely grateful for everything and everyone I have in my life. I look at moments now as God's way of teaching me something, knowing that he has a purpose and plan for me. I know now that he's been with me all along, just waiting for me to open back up to him again. Our family has been baptized. I gave her husband a Bible. You never had a Bible. I gave him a Bible at the age of 44. She said, we're now growing in our faith. We are truly blessed Man, I'm so excited today as I read these stories about change. The last couple of stories I want to share with you. A story from Nate Thomas. Nate said, I was adopted. I had stage four cancer at age 15. Said, I flipped a car six times at an elevated rate of speed at the age of 17. Got married at 21 and had their first daughter within a year. This began the strains and stresses of being young and married. He said I was officiating a wedding uh, at the lookout in Mohican. I was officiating the wedding. Nate was taking pictures at the wedding. At that point, he's 22. Nate shows up that day to shoot the wedding. And he and I began to talk and discuss and dialogue some after the wedding. We talk about story side. And Nate, in his words, said, I really felt God's presence during the ceremony, and he wanted to check the church out. If we were to fast forward from that moment, Nate and Stacy now have three children and one on the way. When you look at some of the testing that had been done, they were actually told they shouldn't have even been able to have children, and, and now number four is on the way. They said, our marriage is stronger and better than ever. Nate is on staff here at Storyside, involved in serving. His wife, Stacy, helps to lead worship. She, she was part of leading worship even today. And I want to take some time just to celebrate the power of God using moments in people's lives as I share these stories with you, whether or not it was in a prison or whether or not it's in a conversation, whether or not it's at a wedding shoot where God says, I'm going to take your pain. I'm going to take all the pieces. And we're talking about change today. I am going to change your life. Is there anyone thankful today that God knows how to change our lives? He can change the direction of your life. He can change the destiny of your life. He can change the future of your family. God is a master at changing people's lives. The final story I wanted to share with you today is we're talking about change. 
is the story of Chris Drake. Chris said, at 21 years old, my first pill was a Vicodin. He said it then turned into handfuls of Vicodin. At some points in Chris's life, he said he would take 90 a day. Oxycontin, he was taking 2,400 milligrams a day. He then found heroin, was injecting eight grams daily. At one point, he cut off his finger. He cut off his finger to get a prescription to get more pills. In another instance, and part of Chris's story, he took $70,000 from his grandma. He stole this money from her. He went on to face legal consequences and serve time. I remember going, I don't want to get emotional today, but I remember going and sitting on the other side of the glass, the, 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 the plate there, and Chris is on the other side, and we are talking back and forth while Chris was serving time, and Chris was hoping that his wife would stick with him and his family would stick with him. And I was sharing with him, Chris had accepted Christ, and I was sharing with him that the church was supporting him. Chris had in 2013 had an experience watching Billy Graham and had begun to make this journey of giving his life to Jesus. If you looked at Chris's life now, so I share some of these stats and and. Uh, facts about Chris's life and all these numbers and whether it's stolen monies or medicines and things he's taken. If, if you looked at Chris's life now, he's with his wife. They have a beautiful family. Chris, when he has talked to some schools and, and things, even now sharing his story, he's had law enforcement come up to him in shock because they remember who he was back when they used to ha- have to chase him. When they, when they used to try to contain him and to see where he is at now, he helps with our freedom nights. Chris, if you looked at his life currently, he'll graduate December 18th with an associate degree in human services for counseling. He was recently promoted to service coordinator of the detox program at our Knox Community Hospital. And I just want to take time today in God's presence and thank God for change. I want to thank God for these people that once God reached out his hand to them, everything began to turn. And I know there's many of you that are listening to God's word today and you would say, maybe I'm not on your story list, but Pastor Micah, I have a story. And right now, whether it's in the chat, the comments, maybe you want to hit the heart and just let that heart go up. For some of you, you may want to lift your hands if you're physically able and just take time even right now to say, thank you, Jesus, for changing my life. Thank you for turning me around. We thank you today, Jesus. Everyone say change. Can we say it one more time? Change. The second letter that I want to look at today is a letter that was written written to the church in Corinth. The Corinthian church was a young church. The church had fallen into serious problems of disunity and sexual issues and confusion and There were some that didn't want to be disciplined. I know that's a shock. But there were some people in the church in Corinth that didn't want to be disciplined. You know, sometimes God will convict you or convict me, and we don't always want to change. But in this particular verse, in this letter written to the church in Corinth, he tells them, be on your guard. 
Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be courageous. Be strong. As we look at this more mentality, as we look at living this there is more kind of Christian life, not only do we have the priority or the importance of change, change. The second thing that I want you to notice is that as you serve Jesus Christ, you will need to be courageous. And this word is simply courage. Maybe today someone needs to be reminded in 2020, be courageous. That, that parent that is trying to navigate through the roller coaster of this year, that business owner that's trying to keep everything together, that marriage that's holding on right now, that college student, maybe even for our younger children that's working through schooling issues and I know it's not the norm. Maybe today you need to extract this same principle that was written to the church in Corinth and you need to be reminded today, have courage. You need to be reminded in your home or your house, have courage. You need to be reminded in your spirit, in your emotions, have courage. That not only does God help us with change, but God helps us with our courage. The third letter that I want to look at is a letter that was written to the church in Philippi. Verse number 12 of Philippians 2, he says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but much more. Everyone say more. We're talking about more today. Much more in my absence. Much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. When the writer is writing here to the church in Philippi, he's talking about the ongoing work of God in our lives. That yes, we have the initial change. Yes, we have the courage that we are saying, I didn't start to quit. I didn't start to stop. I'm going to finish. And here he is going to reference this ongoing work will require obedience. He's telling them that there will be a reverence and a respect that you will work this out in moments of fear and trembling. Thank God for conviction. Thank God for moments where he is saying, I want you to work on this. I want you to change that. I want you to grow. I want you to thank God for those moments. And here to the church in Philippi, he is telling them that in the midst of this obedience, in the midst of this growth, He's reminding them that you are doing this because you want to fulfill God's purpose. It's not in vain. It's not a waste. He's telling them there's a better you. And when you continue to walk this life of obedience, God is bringing out that best man, that best woman, that you can be that best Christ follower. And he is encouraging the people here in Philippi that obedience matters. Jesus talks about it, that you and I don't want to just hear the word. We want to be a doer of the word. And he says to them here, you need to obey. 
You need to keep following through. Joyce Meyer said this, God will tell you the way to go, but then you have to do the walking. As the writer here is encouraging the church in Philippi, it's like he adds this extra detail, this extra compliment, if you would. He says, I know that you are doing good when I'm watching. I know you're doing good when I'm around. I I know you're doing good when I can see it. But he said, I want to commend you for your conduct in my absence. I think all of us could fall prey at times. You know, if you're younger, you could fall prey to saying, well, when my parents are around, I'm going to do good. If my parents are watching, I'm going to do good. If my parents are aware, I'm going to do good. Maybe for others, you would say, you know, if my husband or wife are around, or maybe if my pastor's around, or if my accountability partner's around. But people will make light, they'll joke, you know, if you're in Vegas, what happens there? If you're on vacation or if people will make light, whether it's a snap or a story, it disappears, it goes away. And there's some concept about if people aren't watching, if people don't know, there's a different set of rules. But Paul here tells the church, he said, I'm glad that you do good when I see it. But he said, I want to let you know how proud of you How proud of you that I am, that in my absence, when I'm not around, you are continuing to say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to be the best Christian I can be. And today I want to press pause, even on this letter to Philippi, and I want to apply it to our own lives. And I want to give a shout out to our students. I want to give a shout out to kids. I want to give a shout out to our college age. That even in the midst of 2020, where maybe you don't have the rhythm and the routine of always being at every event or gathering that you would like to be at, but you've continued in your Bible reading, and you've continued in your prayer time, and you've continued to say, God, I want to follow you even in 2020. And I want to press pause today just to celebrate you and let you know how proud of you that I am. That not only when we're together, you're saying, I want to worship God, but even in our absence, you have a heart to worship and to follow Jesus. I want to give a shout out to all of our business owners today. I want to give a shout out to husbands and wives and marriages. I want to give a shout out to our seniors. I want to give a shout out to our singles that are saying the roller coaster of 2020 and the ups and downs and we're on site and we're online. I just want to give a shout out today to everyone that it's not only in the presence of the gathering, it's not only we're doing good when we're together, but there's many of you in 2020 that in times of absence, 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 you have continued to hold on to your faith. You have continued to trust Jesus. You have continued to follow him. And I want to celebrate the fact, just like Paul did, I want to commend you for your conduct even in absence. As we wrap up our message today, The third letter, this word that I would draw from these verses is the word character, character. The first letter, we talked about change. The second letter, when we talked about 
today, courage, courage. And this third letter, character. The final letter that I want to look at is 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1 as we get ready to pray. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3 and 4 says, We ought always, we ought always to thank God for you brothers and sisters. And rightly so, because your faith is growing. We've been talking about more. Your faith is growing more and more. We've already repeated the word, but can we repeat it again? More and more. He said, your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in, this is really important, in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. He said, I want to thank God for you. I want to thank God for you. Today, I want to thank God for you. I want to thank God for East Knox. I want to thank God for Belleville. I want to thank God for Ontario. I want to thank God for our Storyside family. I want to thank God for you. He writes to the church here in Thessalonica, and he tells them, you're growing in, in your faith. You have more faith, more faith. He doesn't say you have more fear. He doesn't say you have more frustration. He says you're growing in your faith. There's different levels of faith. We can have personal faith. You can have practicing faith. You can have proclaiming faith. That means when you speak positive things, proclaiming faith. For some, you have what the Bible would call the gift of faith. But Paul tells them, he said, you're growing in your faith. The second thing that he tells them is not only are they growing in their faith, he said that you are showing more love. You're showing more love. In other words, you're not being divisive. He's telling the church here in Thessalonica, you're not, you're not, being, you're not being divisive. You're not creating disunity. When I hear reports, you're, you're not debating each other. You're not demeaning each other. You're not being combative. You're not being contentious. When, when I hear about you, you're, you're not being, you know, critical or condemning of each other. You know how many times in life, whether it's relationally or, or racially or, or even religiously at times, you know how many times it's easy to turn on each other? And say, well, I wouldn't parent that way, or I wouldn't run my business that way, or I don't know why the church does that, or I don't agree with this, you know, political agenda. Or, you know how many times in life that you and I have the opportunity to turn on each other? You know how many times we have the opportunity to disagree, and for that disagreement to get blown so far out of proportion? And in this final letter, he is telling them, you're, you're, you're growing in, in more faith, you're showing more love. And then he adds such an important piece to the passage, such, such a pertinent detail, 
when he tells this church in Thessalonica, most people believe this letter was written around AD 52. And if you studied some of the details, even of what they were going through at that time, he tells them it's in the middle of tough times. You're growing in your faith. You're growing in your love in the middle of a difficult dilemma. You see, it's one thing when you and I grow in our faith and love when everything is, is, is going smoothly. If you looked at your life right now, if you looked at 2020, if you scan social media, if you watch the news, it's, it's easy to grow in your faith and grow in love when everything is going the way you want it to. But if you look at some of those things and you're like, Pastor Micah, I don't like this and I don't like that and I wish... You know how easy it would be in that post, in that comment, even most importantly in your heart, your thoughts. You know how easy it would be for you to diminish your faith, for you to lack in your love. But the writer tells them in the middle of all of this, he said, I want to boast. He uses the word boast. He said, I want to boast that you have perseverance in your persecution. I want to boast that you have faith when you're in the middle of the fight. I want to boast that you are enduring even in this tough time. That's what I want to do for you today, StorySide. I want to boast about the fact that every time I turn around, I hear about someone that's praying for someone else, someone who wants to help deliver groceries, Someone that has reached out to that individual that you know is going through that difficult dilemma. And I want to boast today that even in a year where statistically churches could shut down and churches could close, but story side, you stayed strong. I believe that many of you have grown in your faith. You have grown in your love for each other. And I just want to thank God today that in the middle of what could have been a downturn, you have continued to grow and stretch and believe in the importance of your faith and your love for one another. As we get ready to pray, this fourth and final word what I would call commitment. Commitment. It takes commitment when you go through tough times. It takes commitment when you are facing the persecution. It takes commitment when this church here is going through everything they were going through around AD 52, it takes commitment. And I believe in 2020, it still takes commitment. And so the four words again, the first word, change. Thank God for change. Maybe today you would say, Micah, I need some life change. I need to repent of my sin. I need to turn my life around. I want to give my life to Jesus. I need the change that you are talking about. You don't have to pray a fancy prayer. You don't have to know all of the right words. But if today you would tell Jesus, I've tried to fix it on my own. I've tried to figure it out. It's not working. I need a Savior. I believe that God can change your life. Maybe for someone else, you would tell me, Pastor Micah, that second word, I need courage. I need courage. I feel like everything has just been 
coming at me. I, I feel so overwhelmed and I really need for God to stir up courage in my life. I pray the Holy Spirit would speak to you even right now. Take courage. Take heart. Take courage today. Whether it's your phone, your tablet, that computer, that TV, I pray the Holy Spirit would go to where you're at even right now and you would be reminded of the importance of courage. Maybe for others, it's that third word that we took out of that third letter. That word was character. That you don't want to just have, you don't want to just have these principles. You don't want to just have these characteristics when people are watching. When we're gathered together in a service, when someone is noticing you or but in your heart today, you would say, God, I want to be that person that he wrote about, even in my absence, even in my absence, even when no one's watching, I want character in my life. The fourth and final word, commitment. Maybe today your takeaway is that you want to, to recommit, that you've had all kinds of things that have been trying to steal to take away your commitment. But today, you want to recommit to Jesus Christ and you want to let him know, I'm not stopping, I'm not quitting, I'm not going to fall short, I'm not going to fall away. I am going to finish this race, this faith journey. I'm going to stay committed. I'm so honored every time I have the opportunity to share with you. And I'm honored again today. I would love nothing more. I believe heaven would love, love nothing more than for someone to change today, for someone to be stirred with courage, for someone to be reminded of the importance of character, for someone to commit or to recommit. And so I would love to pray with you today. If you would close your eyes, if you're able to, I would love to pray with you right now. God, I thank you so much for your presence. I thank you for your word today. I thank you for this Christmas season that you sent your son so that we could experience life change. I thank you for reaching that person today that says, I really need courage. I feel like I'm all the way at the bottom. I feel so weak. I feel so down. God, I pray that your strength would be made perfect in their weakness today. I pray for the individual that says, I want to work on my character or my commitment. I pray that conviction in a good, godly, uplifting way, I pray that conviction would challenge them even right now that I can grow in my faith. I can grow in my spirituality. And I thank you, God, for stirring someone's heart today. I pray that in every home and in every house, you would continue to fill it with your presence. You would continue to remind them that even in the midst of 2020, even in the midst of the ups and downs and the highs and lows, in the midst of it all, that you are still with them. You will never leave them. You will never forsake them. And I thank you for StorySide, for our church family, that there is more. There's more Scott Hudnells. There is more Chris Drakes. There is more Nate Thomases. There is more Sonia's. The list goes on. I thank you, God, that there is 
more. You're not done with your church. You're not finished with the kingdom of God. You are going to build it and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.